0: Okay, Let's get settled, everybody. How you doing? This session and the session after it is what's between you and alcohol. So we want to stay on track so that we don't keep you away from the bar. Okay. How's the day going? What? Oh, Real? really? Was that popular last year? It was. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, oh. oh. I hadn't told Zahava yet. So Zahaba thinks Zahaba thinks she's here for an interview. She is here for work. we're, we're going to have a conversation, okay? but no, no no no, 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 but here's the deal. here's the deal. I've told her any, she doesn't have to answer any question that she doesn't want to answer, but then she has to take a shot. so. It's either going to be very informative or it's going to be very informal. I'm not sure so what's going
1: to Do you have any idea what a lightweight I am? I don't think this is on. You're on. Just be a kind of
0: Hello, hello. The there you
1: go. All right. I'm, okay. a, I'm a lightweight.
0: I love that you brought it up, though. I was going to wait.
1: Wait, Ted, where, where's my fire? Where's your...
0: Where's your what?
1: I was told this was a fireside chat.
0: It is. Oh. <laughs> Where, was I, I? was sold a. a
1: match. I was sold. I was. I was sold a bill of goods. What, do,
0: do you work for I, the music industry? Yeah, I do. Hang on. Hang on wait, Only wait, wait, wait. kidding. Okay, we need a minute here. Is everybody comfortable? So, what's the best panel you've? What's the best thing today so far? Is that Jaheen back there? Hi, Jahine. Hi, Jahine. We got Dick Wingate. <laughs> Dick, you know Jahine. Talk among Hi, yourselves. <laughs> Hang on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make this happen. I promised. It won't take that long. But anyway, this is Zahava Levine. I want to get your title correct because I always say that you run Google. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. I, I'm The glass, I want to get – it's not working. Can you – no, it's not working. <laughs> so why don't you tell your history for a minute? I mean, probably of anyone I know from the operational side, Zahava Levine has the, the longest career and the most experience in working, and I said, the, I said, looking back and looking forward, the circuitous odyssey of streaming. I first met Zahava when she was at uh, Rhapsody, and her and a guy named Rana Edlin and Sean Ryan were selling this idea to the music business that people wanted an all-access model and that this would basically be the way people were getting music, and then two years later, or a year later, actually, iTunes came along. Probably about a year Year and a half later And then then Industry geniuses Like Bob Lefset said It's not about uh, Streaming It's about buying songs 99 cents at a time So if you have an iPod That holds 10,000 songs You should send a check To Steve Jobs for $10,000 And fill your iPod up I don't think that worked Meanwhile she persevered So I would like you to For a moment While I keep my word on this Give your background For a moment We'll jump into it
1: Um, What are you keeping Your word on?
0: Fireside
1: Chat. Oh, oh yeah, I'm going to get a fire. Excellent. A fire. My background. So yeah, Listen.com, which was the startup that developed Rhapsody music service, uh, subscription music service, which was the first one. Um, there's a bunch of folks here that are alum. It's very excited that we're all still in the industry. Um, then, let's see, Listen was bought by Real Networks, and we continued on with, with Rhapsody in a lot of different capacities, and we all also worked on Real Networks. Uh, music products like um, music pass and radio. There was a radio pass and all different kinds of stuff there. Then I um, hopped over to a tiny little startup nobody ever heard of called. You YouTube. called one day and
0: said, "Hi, we're leaving." And I said, "Where are you going?" And you said,
1: "A little startup called YouTube." And right. you how'd pro- that turn out? And you probably said, "What?" No, Most why? people said, "What? You can do better than that." Where? Why? Where are you going? Um, anyway, uh, I. I I was the twenty third employee there, and the first lawyer, which came with a handful <laughs> of challenges um that were that were uh kept me busy for a little while mm-hmm. um, then Google bought YouTube and I stayed on with YouTube and helped it grow and build a pretty complicated infrastructure at YouTube, including the content identification system that most people know today that identifies music and user uploaded content and uh, enables rights holders to have choices over what to do with that content, whether they want to monetize it, in which case we YouTube would sell ads and share the revenue or remove it. Almost everyone monetizes. We also scale that globally, which, as most of you know, you know some of the global licensing is quite challenging. Anyway, after a few years, um, there was this new little project at Google a emerging mobile operating system called Android, which was starting to get a little bit of traction and seemed kind of exciting. So I went over to Android. I left the legal department and helped to start what at the time we called Google Music, but now it's been folded in um, and all layered into, together with not just a music service but a, 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 an apps and games store, a movies and TV and books and magazines and um, all kinds of stuff, and it's Google Play. Um, and Google Play is, is a complete premium digital entertainment experience that was really designed originally for <laughs> – is that a fire? Let me see the fire. Okay. Thank you. I feel much better now. Okay. I feel much better. That's enough of my background. And there.
0: by the way, I'd like to thank my friends at Samsung, my sponsors, for providing the watch, the phone, and the tablet. And whatever. Okay. If you see them, tell them I said that. Okay. I'm just priming the pump just in case. Oh, boy. It's just a little sip just to kick things off Total lightweight I
1: have to do my entire team's performance reviews tonight You really want me
0: to be tricky? (laughs) First trick, remembering their names (laughs) Go ahead Cheers Cheers (laughs) Uh,
1: So what's the pin number for the... (laughs) No, so, so okay. the music service with Google Play, it's a three-pronged service. For I know there's probably some iTunes users in this room, so f- for the <laughs> iTunes users, uh, we, we have a, a digital... That's that
0: hockey stick downward sales trend thing? <laughs> okay.
1: We have a, a, a music locker that enables you to get your music collection on any uh, Android device or from any web connection um, for free. You can upload it and you know, stream your music from anywhere or download it off- offline on any Android device. Um, or on our iOS app, uh, we have a store um, from which you can buy songs, uh, and they're stored instantly in the cloud, and they're immediately available across all of your devices. And we have a premium music subscription service um, with you know over 30 million tracks, and you can listen to on-demand anything you want. Um, lots of... Expertly curated playlist. We just recently integrated. This past summer, we acquired a little startup called Songza, which is awesome at um, curating amazing contextual playlists. And we just a couple weeks ago integrated their technology into Google Play Music subscription service. So now, when you go, when you open the app, it's going to ask you for, you know, a mood or a, a, a time. Do you want music for a romantic dinner or bedtime or to calm down in your you know, commute to work, and whatever mood you pick or time of day, it will then offer you some playlists with some great options for that mood. Very cool. And this, yes, we we want, we, we should we should know what you want to listen to. You shouldn't have to tell us, right? Well, so that's, think,
0: that's the main thing that I learned about uh, on-demand services early on, and with, first with Rhapsody was, I could hear whatever I wanted whenever I wanted, but as soon as I got done hearing whatever I knew I wanted to hear, then there was that moment of, Okay, what do I listen to now? What, what, what are you going to get me to listen to that I didn't know I wanted to hear? Otherwise, I'm listening to Steely Dan's greatest hits for the rest of my life.
1: And uh, Yeah, and this is one of the... And you- it's great music, but get me, please... <laughs> One of the with ad- the Michael
0: McDonald track thrown in every once in a while.
1: One of the advantages of the three different services that we have is how they interplay with each other. So if you upload your music collection, then we know what you like. We know what you're listening to. And we can recommend things on the subscription service that might be similar. Um, and, you know, there's all kind of, and, and we know what you bought in the store. So we can tell you when there's a new release from that artist or other similar music that you might like. And so they all work together. It's kind of
0: nice. Cool. Well, I want to say one other thing. How many people have been to a panel before that I've been involved in? And yet you come back. Thank you. (laughs) So the rule is you're in the room here because you came here instead of another room because you wanted to learn something mostly from Zahava and see what stupid things I might say today. As Tim Quirk said earlier, I can be annoying at times. But I love that. If you have a question, raise your hand. We're not going to wait till the end. Boy, that was quick. What? What's your question? Can you have some tequila? What?
1: So we're not. We haven't. We're not public about that, but I can say we've been growing constantly since the beginning. And not only our is our subscription number growing, but our download sales are growing consistently despite the industry trend. Our store continues to grow.
0: Does that mean you're not going to buy Spotify?
1: <laughs> no. Thank you, Mark. There's a really great panel next
0: door <laughs> that you can. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Cantor. Who doesn't know who Mark Cantor is? Okay, Mark will tell you. Mark will tell you later He's buying Spotify No (laughs) So Okay So let me tell you One other thing Normally I've done In the last year I've interviewed Morgan Spurlock I've interviewed John McAfee I've interviewed Like five or six other people Now we're already down To 15 minutes And I'm just in the first drink (laughs) Go away Time freak No she's wonderful I guess She does She's really good at this I never give questions Out Out front but i have immense respect for this woman this executive this person she's been through a lot of it and she works for a very big company and as much as i would love to you know elicit from you every the the you know your personal answer to every question i know i'm not going to get that but she asked me to give her the questions out front I hate doing that. She's the only person that I've ever done an interview with that I gave her the questions.
1: I negotiate for a living, but she listen, negotiated really hard. I told you, I told you, you can ask me whatever you want. The reason is because I think it's more interesting. If I have an opportunity to think a little bit about what we're talking about, I thought it would be more interesting for you. That's the only reason you can ask me whatever you want.
0: Okay. So the question one that I sent her and then she wrote me three days later saying, great question one, we're two, three, and four. took <laughs> a long time to come up with the first one. Uh there's been much discussion around the economics of streaming, and these are some of the things that are said, and let's take them one at a time. The artists don't make enough money compared to the sales. True or fiction?
1: It depends on how you're measuring. It depends on how you're measuring. So who read Daniel X's blog, Excellent, excellently written blog post today? I really recommend it. I think it's it, it's, it does a really good job of encapsulating the ongoing debate. Okay. I, I believe... What artists are saying, that they're making less money from from subscription today than they're, than they're used to making from sales. Right. But the reason for that is not because subscription is a flawed model. It's because it's nascent and there's only a few people there, – there's relatively way fewer people on subscription than on sales. The percentage of revenue – Do you think so?
0: Do you think there are more people that are, con- that are currently paying for purchase of music than people who are coming in contact with streaming radio on-demand services all the whole well so i'm talking about i'm
1: talking about paid subscription so let's talk about paid paid. let's talk about paid for a second
0: because whether it's paid uh, or unpaid the artist does get i mean whether it's ad supported
1: yeah yeah of course the artists get paid either way but let's just first talk about paid because i think that they represent they 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 introduce different issues Uh, for you know the average music buyer bought you know 40 to 50 dollars a year. Of music right, the average music sub- paying music subscriber pays one hundred and twenty dollars right of that money. the same percentage goes to the industry it 's the same percentage so if you look at it on a per user basis it 's clearly better for to As have the converts. equal number of subscribers. The challenge is that we don 't so if you look at the numbers from two thousand and thirteen, if you look at the revenue into the industry. Digital revenue in 2013 globally was about 39% of all revenue. It's probably a little higher this year, and Mm -hmm. it's higher in the U.S. It's higher in some markets. Um, Of that 39%, uh, 19% was paid subscription, 27% if you add free free streaming, Mm -hmm. but 67% of the revenue was from download sales. So... Today, there's still more revenue coming from sales because there's more. I mean, obviously, if people. But if we
0: look at the numbers for 2014, based on what Apple's saying publicly, the download revenue is. I'm, I joked about it earlier, but no. it's dropping at a frightening rate if yes. you're basing your whole proje- financial. If you're a label basing your projection on download sales?
1: That's right. So those those prior I think figures the business term those is prior figures fucked. of $40 to $50 are probably much lower now, which right. makes which makes subscription even a more compelling. Right. Right? So the the goal the question for the industry is how do we grow subscription to a mass product? It's not how do we avoid subscription and try to cling to a declining industry. It's how do we grow subscription? And the answer, there's a lot of answers, but the answer is not to withhold music repeatedly, I don't think, because I think while that may satisfy some very very short term you know perception that these streaming services are cannibalizing sales which i don't believe they are in the long term it actually can really hurt the only growing segment of the industry subscription is by far the fastest growing revenue segment of the industry and the The promise of subscription is all the music in the world we're, we're going to extract more dollars from each person and in exchange we're going to give them unlimited access anywhere they want to any music in the world. If artists start withdrawing then you don't have that promise is broken and look at what happened in Japan so in Japan, there were three subscription services they had these crazy they still have these very long window periods where right. new releases are not given to the the services until three months, six months, sometimes a year, and they never took off and were anywhere, because it, it's not. If every time a user searches for something, they can't find it in subscription, it it leads to churn.
0: Right. So, next the, along that note, in our zeal, and I was at you know we negotiated on the other side of the table when you were at Rhapsody and I was at EMI. In our zeal to make music compete with what was then Kazaa and the tra- tail end of Napster and the emergence of LimeWire, we tried to price the services economically. Did we go too far? I mean, as we sit in Starbucks arguing across the table with labels and, and, and services over whether music is worth 5 or $10 a month, we're drinking a $6 double mochiata latte something or other at Starbucks. Is did we, you know, I'm paying 200 bucks a month for cable. I think music is worth 20 bucks a month, but maybe I'm the only person. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, did we price it too low? Because I think part of the friction that I see is because the pie is smaller when the pie gets divided and we can get it into transparency. The pie and will be
1: bigger when right. there's more subscribers. Right. But the. So price. how do you get to more subscribers? Is that right. by
0: increasing the price? No, but how do you – so how do you get people over their objections? How do you get people to convert? I mean we talk about freemium as one model. Other people have held to the – we're only going to do paid. We're only – I think Deezer is, if I'm correct, Deezer is –
1: So right now go Google, away. Google Play Music is only paid. We don't have a question. Question number two. Right. Okay. <laughs> right.
0: That was a peace sign? Right. We have yes. a question over there. Yes, strange man. Who are you? Wait for a microphone. There's gonna, somebody's going to come to you with a mic, but give it to them quickly because we're down to five minutes. I don't know where it went. It's the are you, so, but, but
1: By the way, I just want to say there are if, – if you're willing to pay $20 uh, a month, we have to figure out how to get that to you. And mm. the way to do it is probably to add – there's premium features. It's these high-quality audio, for example. You're a total – music fanatic, Mm -hmm. you're going to pay for the high-quality audio service that's $20 a month. There's a couple of them floating around. Right, there are.
0: But isn't that the problem? There's no price discrimination. There's like a bunch of stats out there about 10% of consumers are responsible for the majority of spending in the market. Are you not just leaving money on the table by charging a flat price for access to everything? Could it not be closer to what Bandcamp's looking at doing where you pay for x amount of content from the people that you really want to engage with to extract the value from the people who actually spend money on music yeah well interesting really quick question oh, anyone here from the uk okay oh joanna maybe you know and i saw it on the subway the night i went to dinner with you what is the name of the service that was offering one pound a month for a hundred songs <coughs> or nick do you know yeah,
1: remember the one that david king used to work yeah. for in the uk what was that called they, they charge by the stream. You would pay by the stream.
0: Well, you got 100 songs and you could swap them out, but it was yeah. one pound for 100 songs. I thought I that remember. was great in that may, I don't need maybe 30 million songs. Thing? I need 100 that I like. uh no, no, Anybody no. know the name of it? Okay, we'll skip that. So price differentiation is important. The other it's, co- a,
1: it's a good thought. I'm not familiar with Bandcamp's plans, but... I think it's a really good point and maybe you need to provide different I mean and there are there is some price differentiation right some people if you don't want mobile you can get cheaper right um, if you need if you're okay with ads you can get free Yes and Howard so but wait for the microphone I think it will Who's got the Mike
0: Howard's against the wall there the problem is when you know everybody uh, go ahead Howard yes you are sir Who are you? Hi, I'm good The bigger issue is 15 years of devaluation of intellectual property and that's really for the artists in the room or the people that are on the creative side we're t- it's all about technology, but there's, there's a, a complete onward-downward disrespect okay. for the intellectual property. Yeah, it is. It's, it, and it, it is a problem because it's been for, uh, two generations now. Basically, almost two generations have grown up with music being essentially free. Now, a, music was free on the radio, but you waited to hear that song, and two hours later, hopefully, you waited to hear that song again. And now when you get it on demand for free, do you really need to own it? And do you really need to pay for it? And that's the challenge that we face.
1: Right, I think that is one of the challenges to raising the price at this stage. Um, I, I, I'm not saying – I do think ultimately we do need to find a way to extract more from the m- more music fans for better functionality. But right now when we need to grow the service so we have millions and millions of, of people, like one kind of 100 million, 200 million people paying uh, $120 a month, it's probably not the, the thing to do right now. Okay. We have to be better than free.
0: Right. Right. So uh, I'm going to ask you a question, and then this is the point where you, instead of answering the question, you take a drink. So you ready? Question is: the labels aren't distributing the revenue equitably to their artists. Here, go ahead. Do you, is that truth or fact or fiction? I, I don't have insight. See, so no, having that no, no, one. No, no. no. <laughs> I, I don't have
1: insight into what the labels are doing, but I, I think that some uh, I think some transparency would be really helpful That's to um, Here, Brian. to help make that determination.
0: Okay. Um, I know we only have... We're down to three minutes. I am going to tell a really quick story, and all of you know me, forgive me, please. Here, drink, toast, everybody. Brian's <laughs> getting on Go ahead. Here we go. <laughs> so, really quickly, two years ago, I'm in New York, and a guy named Jonathan King, who works at the Clive Davis School of Recorded Music at NYU, calls me up, asks me to speak to his class. I speak to his class on the history of digital music. At the end of the talk, I said... This is really timely. I'm just getting hired by this guy, and some of you know who he is. His name is Hans Pandeya, who wants to buy Pirate Bay and turn it into a legal service. And I said, what if I could say to you that for $5 a month, you could have all the music in the world, downloaded in MP3, no DRM, you could keep it. How many of you would pay 5 bucks a month? And it's a room full of MBAs that are in the music business. 30 people, 40 people. One hand goes up. Okay, how many of you would pay 4 bucks a month for all the music in the world? Two more hands go up. How many of you would pay five cents a month for all the music ever recorded in the history of the universe? Two or three other hands go up. I become Mister Wilson from Dennis the Menace for those of you who remember it. It ends Is that like the nineteen twenties or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, thank you, motherfucker. <laughs> um, my, was my mic on? Oh, so. After the panel, of course, all of these fresh-faced MBAs are coming up to me with their NYU business school cards going, can you get me a job in the music business? There is no music business, you little shits. (laughs) Anyway, and it's this, you're killing it. You won't even pay five cents a month for a hundred million songs. So, I mean, that's the problem. Even people in the business don't actually appreciate the value of music. I mean... Most of us in the room that work in music end up getting this stuff for free, and we yell about the people around us who don't want to pay for it. And that's sort of the hypocrisy, and I'm guilty of it. Uh, I'll be number one on the list of hypocrites. But I would pay if they turned. I mean, I've had a Rhapsody subscription for 10 years. If they turned it off tomorrow and said, you have to start paying, I'd start paying. I might start paying tomorrow anyway. You have a you, question? You wouldn't switch over to some other service? I happen to really like Rhapsody. The only problem with Rhapsody now is it's Rhapsody, the new improved Rhapsody, the international Rhapsody, Rhapsody Unlimited, Rhapsody. I don't know. They have to change it to something else. I'm a Beats fan. We'll have one last question. we come up here because I got the mic here. Oh. Last question. We got to wrap up by five minutes. Oh, come on. We started five minutes late. I'm Tom Murphy. I'm with the SF chapter of the Recording Academy, and I also advise the Content Creators Coalition. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've talked a lot about growing the pie and then dividing that among the artists question. but if it's the question if it's the infinite pie dividing that among all music in the world what the artists actually get keeps getting smaller and so i'd like to ask how many artists do you speak with about their overall business and how google can help them as artists grow their business good question we, we, I was just dialing Neil and I hung up. Okay, go ahead.
1: We, we speak with a lot of artists. There's a lot of artists in the world, so it probably doesn't make a dent. We speak with a lot of artists. We work with a lot of artists to help them grow their business. We have a way that art, for artists that don't have recording contracts to upload and sell their content directly to their consumers through the Artist Hub on Google Play Music. Um, but we are al- always open and eager to help I mean, we're we're in this to make money. Like right. We are so that's the question. This is my last question. And I won't do Hundreds of millions of dollars any, right. a year, despite the challenges of the devaluation of music. Google Play Music generates hundreds of millions of dollars a year for the industry. YouTube, additionally, generates hundreds of millions of dollars a year for the for the industry. Google is serious about building businesses
0: here. Okay, so this is the final question, and no shtick and no humor. No shtick. The services can't. The, the people say the services. can't have no way to possibly be profitable under the current revenue splits with the rights holders, with publishers, labels, PROs, everybody in the chain. That there is no end game other than selling to somebody else or getting out of it if you're Spotify or using it as a lost leader if you're Google. Is that fact or fiction? Is, the, is, is your P&L have the potential to be profitable? At scale. Okay. And what is scale? <laughs> No, seriously, I'm not I'm not trying to be funny here, seriously, because this is important. A lot, here, a, a lot of users. A lot of users. And that's why we're seeing a lot of users. Okay. Anybody
1: have I, I will say, we're not, right, we're not, Android is a free operating system. Okay. We build We build businesses on Android to make money to sustain our ability to develop okay. and distribute Android. And
0: I do have one final postscript question. Uh, it's a two-word question. Taylor Swift. Smart or dumb? I, I will say. Well, no, you go first. You go first. I'm not Taylor Swift. Smart, bull- smart bull- move, dumb move, or publicity move? Smart and publicity move. Wow, she's, she's clearly didn't smart. Didn't even move. I, I, is she smarter? I, I smart? do. N-
1: I do not believe that. Um, I do not believe that subscription services cannibalize sales. And I will tell you, we had a. a uh, we launched our store. A year and a half before our subscription service. So we now, if you look at our subscribers, all of whom came after our store, more of our subscribers buy music after becoming a subscriber than have stopped buying music after buying, after becoming a subscriber. So on our ecosystem with all three, we are not seeing cannibalization we're seeing some, but the additive value, actually, but the if promotion I can cache sales- it,
0: if I can store it, if I can stream it wherever I am, if I can have it on multiple devices, what is the rational reason for me ever buying music again? 67
1: percent of the revenue last year came from sales so there are people there are we are still in a world where more people are buying music than subscribing and i think we're going to be in in a world that supports both systems of access and ownership for many years clearly one is growing a lot faster than the other maybe the other is declining but there is a, there is room for both models for many years to come
0: okay Brian, is there an empty room that we can continue this in? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to take you right into the Imperial Ballroom, and we're going to continue the schmooze there. <laughs> okay. But thank you, both of you. Big hand for these two. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Woo-hoo! Now, this is what it's about. And we're going to turn the room quickly, because we have quality sound matters coming here, extending the Bob Weir conversation on down here. to a Naris, uh, sponsored panel. Yeah, you are. You're going to light a fire. I know how you do it, dude. We've got uh, experiences upstairs, bringing the studio to the stage. We've got a merch meetup and a rhythm workshop. So thank you all. Woo!